Yo, yo, yo. I want to welcome you back to Don't Take Wooden Nickels. You hears me. It's your brother, Yule. Happy New Year. It is 2024. Okay, we are all the way back in the building and God has had me in this pace of doing podcasts podcasting and the more that I do it the more that um he reveals to me on what to do what to say and how to say it um and I'm excited I'm excited about that lane and that void that I'm feeling that I know don't take what Nichols is going to be one of the top tier podcasts for 2024 will you touch and agree with your brother on that hey man listen today we are discussing, uh, in 2024, we are discussing a situation that I think that needs to be addressed that uh, was definitely on my heart um, based on the amount of attention it's getting. Um, and can I be honest with you? The church does this. The church has this. And when I say the church, the body of believers who, in Jesus Christ, different denominations, different interpretations of the word, different beliefs, different uh, illustration and perspectives, all believing in Jesus Christ as Lord. They tend to see snippets and clips of certain things. They blow those things out of proportion based on their religious paradigm and how they theologically view things and their denominational beliefs. And because of that, they take certain clips and things out of context without any leading of the Holy Spirit, without any prayer, without any intercession. They see something and they begin to respond. Now, that's not necessarily Bible at all. Matter of fact, it's not. You want to make sure that you're watering whatever you're filling with the word of God. I'm going to say that again. You want to you want to make sure you're watering whatever you're filling with the word of God and prayer to ensure that God is giving you insight on how to respond and not just your sight. Because glory to God, Holy Spirit just revealed something to me. A lot of times we'll see things from the natural eye and we judge from that perspective. The word of God tells us to judge and the way we judge, we will be judged. But in proper perspective and context, we should never be judging from the natural position. We should always be judging from a spiritual position. We should always be looking and viewing things from a spiritual position. We don't do that. We have allowed the world to pervert our vision a bit and 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 construe and construe our vision a bit. And we see clips, we see sound bites, and we begin to provide word on a 20-second, 30-second, 60-minute, 90-minute clip based on what we see and what we agree with within that small segment of the actual breakdown of whatever we watching right now let's get into it i know i just said a lot now let's get into it so bishop william murphy now he has been in the headlines uh 
for a couple of reasons, for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first reason is, is because he Christianed the child of the Brett and her wife. I believe her name is Judy, if I'm not uh, mistaken. And he got some pushback on that. Recently here, um, New Year's Eve, the crossover service, Bishop Murphy doing the crossover service, played secular music. Now, the music he played, one song was Walk It Out by DJ Unk. The second was Swag Surfing. Um, he played both of these, both of these songs in the sanctuary. You can see the sanctuary doing the Walk It Out dance, and you can also see him doing the Swag Surfing. And it has the Christian community in a uproar in a uproar whenever these situations happen what i notice is i've learned to just distance myself not speak at all but see what everyone else is saying i may have my opinions i may have my convictions and i'm i'm subtle on revealing those things because one am i revealing those things from a perspective of with all information, have I researched properly? Have I looked at all of the context provided? Have I did my due diligence before I speak? Or am I speaking in, 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 in haste and lacking of information? I bring that up because I had someone post and they, and they asked, what, what does this make you feel? And my initial response, just off the, the footage, and I stated it. And I stated it in a way that gave me leeway to get more context. I stated without context and just looking at this clip, it looks like we're conforming to the behaviors and the, the, the culture of the world. And I'm getting that from Romans 12, 1 and 2. I get that scripture from Romans 12, 1 and 2, where it says, and I'm going to go to it. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but be new and different person with a fresh newness in all you do and think. Then you will learn from your experience how his ways will really satisfy you. So I, I, I responded in that way. I said, hey, without context, this is what this reminds me of. Romans 12, 1 and 2. It looks like we're conforming to the customs and, and behaviors of of this particular world. Um, however, that's without context. And so no context. This is what this looks like. It looks like we're conforming. It looks like we were compromising. But I gave myself leeway there because, again, I didn't know context. And I think context is important. I think context is definitely important on how we address certain situations and how we speak about certain things because you can see something out of context and judge it based on what you see but if there's no context to give you explanation to give you a breakdown of what you see then you can mismanage or even jump to conclusions create gossip create foolishness and less wise communication based on it 
So I always preface that. Hey, this is what I see without context. However, I need to inform you this is our context. And so I sat back today and I trust me, the Christian community does what it does. You're going to have your people who are going to tell you that he's lukewarm. They're going to have the people that tells you that he lost his salvation. They're going to have the people that inform you that he did nothing wrong. They're going to have the people that inform you that um, more people should do what he does. Um, and everybody has their own interpretation. I'm not here to debate anyone's interpretation. What I've learned in these certain situations, and I have to be honest with you, is, is that situations like this can display um, who you are based on the office, the convictions, and biblical interpretation of who that person is. Um, you often see people' opinions and their perspectives and their interpretations of the word of God in these situations. A lot of time you'll see people provide scripture, whether that scripture is in context or not. They're providing scripture based on their interpretations and their convictions. I don't disagree with that. What I've learned in these situations, and I have to be clearly and transparent with you, is what I've learned in these situations is Neither is right or neither is wrong. I need to let you know that. I'm going to say that again because someone is waiting for me to say, hey, William Murphy is wrong. Someone is waiting for me to say, hey, William Murphy is right. I'm going to provide you my conviction, my personal stance, but that doesn't make my stance right. It makes it my conviction. And based on my conviction, I, I am entitled to say, hey, I don't agree with this or I do agree with this based on how I have lined scripture up with the word of God and what I feel deeply in my heart. I got to give backdrop right now. I am a Christian hip hop artist. I have made many of albums, nine plus. So I have much material out, much material out. As a Christian hip hop artist, I'm very mindful of particular words we're receiving and what we're standing on. I got to be honest with you. I don't have an issue with him doing the swag surf dance in church. The dance. I don't have an issue with that. I don't have an issue with him doing the dance. What I do have an issue with my personal conviction is the actual songs. That's my, my personal conviction because what's in the lyrics and what you're ministering to your particular congregation, your flock is what I have disapproval with me personally, my conviction. Here's the lyrics to the swag surf song. I'm on hypnotic, exotic, exotic and sweet. This polo on my body. Got a bad girl beside me and her friend right behind me. And I'm swagging. I'm surfing. I'm swagging. I'm surfing. I'm swagging. I'm surfing. I'm clean like this detergent. Oh, Patron, yeah, I'm gone. Purple by the zone. Yeah, I'm smoking on that strong. And you know I'm gone because I'm swagging. I'm surfing. I'm swagging. 
I'm surfing. I'm swagging. I'm surfing. I'm clean like this detergent. Now, in, that's the chorus. That's the chorus. That mug is catchy. I ain't going to lie to you now, boy. That mug is catchy. So, but what he's saying in that chorus, he's on hypnotic. He gone off that drink. He high. Polo. He got two girls with him. He womanizing. And he feeling good. So he swag surfing. He on Patron too. And he on that purple as well. That's weed as too. So this is what you're, you're, you're ministering to. Your church. And here's the thing. Bishop William Mercy is a worship leader. Or was a worship leader. He's a pastor now. So he know the power in words and how they minister to people. That's the song. I'm not making up a word from it. That's the chorus, the chorus alone. And that's what they listening to. I don't have an issue with you doing a dance because you can swag surf to anything. Right. Right. You can swag surf to anything. What I did find was what the words you were receiving while swag surfing. And what the. The flock was saying while swag surfing. To combat that, I saw that um, someone responded with there was 5,000 people there and 150 people got saved. Glory to God. So for that, I provide this scripture because I believe God was still glorified in it, even though I would have been convicted enough to leave. I wouldn't have been in that 5,000 and I wouldn't have been in that 150. Me personally. Once you start playing swag surf and I'm there to glorify God and to welcome him into 2024, I personally would have left. That's my personal conviction, though. That's how I personally feel. I would have left. I've been like, no, this ain't for me. This ain't for me. But I don't disregard God was still being shown in that place. So Philippians 1 and I've been bringing this verse up a lot because I love what Paul says, man. I love what Paul says. Philippians 1 verse 15, Paul says this. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preached Christ out of self-ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is, I'm going to repeat that part. The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. I'm going to read that last verse again. Verse 18. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will 
continue to rejoice. These were people, these were pastors, these were spiritual leaders who were throwing dirt on Paul's name while he was in prison. And he said to them, some of these people are preaching because they envy me. Some of these people are preaching because they are rival with me. But other but others are doing that out of goodwill. They really have a heart that want to preach the gospel. The latter, the ones on who doing it for goodwill, do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. But the former, the ones who wanted to do it for envy and rivalry, the former preached Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely. Supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. They were literally preaching Christ because they envied Paul and they wanted to rival him. And you know what he says? But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. People are getting saved. So I go back to 5,000 being there, 150 were saved. Glory to God. That is the important thing. Whether I agree with the method or not, the important thing, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, the important thing is Christ was preached and 150 was saved that night going into 2024. We can, you can look at that and highlight that, which is great. And you can also say to yourself, hey, I just not, I would not have been there. It's not for me. I understand that too. But it was for who it was for. And glory to God, they received it enough to accept Christ as Lord and Savior. So I rejoice with Bishop William Murphy. I rejoice because Christ was preached and 150 people came to know him as their personal Lord and Savior. 5,000 was there completely. And whether he did that with the right motives or not, that's not important. That doesn't matter. The important thing is that in every way, whether it was false motives or not, Christ is preached. And because of that, like Paul, I rejoice. See, two things can be true. I need people to understand this. We get caught up on this paradigm of we have to be on this side or we have to be on this side. We have to be legalistic or we have to be all for freedom. And there's a beautiful middle. I keep telling y'all about this purple. I keep telling y'all about this balance. And we keep seeing the churches on left all right, you're not saved or you are saved. There are people who are babes in Christ, though. That's scripture. There's people who are saved but immature. There are people who have different assignments than you. There have people who have different callings than you. And do you disregard them because you can't relate to them based on their calling and it looks differently than you. Do you give them scripture? Do you provide them with things of the word that may be out of context or your religious paradigm and interpretation 
that you don't understand that their assignment may be different than yours. And so God started placing on my heart some questions about this situation. Because it's not necessarily about William Murphy. There's going to be other William Murphys. There was Bishop T.D. Jakes just a couple of weeks ago. The issue is the church will find something to be offended by. And that is more or less the problem as opposed to praying and interceding for brothers and sisters in Christ, praying that the gospel is preached. Whether we agree with the method or not, was the gospel preached and was people saved? Every pastor isn't made for me. Every pastor isn't made for me. And here's another caveat. I don't know it all. See, the church has that thing too. We have it bad. Well, we feel we know it all. There's too many believers that think they know it all. There's too many believers that think they have it all down pat. They want to tell you the word from A to Z. And that's just not accurate. No one knows it all. Can I give you scripture? Can I give you scripture? Again, from one of the most iconic theologians by the name of Paul. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 13. Um, This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. This is the love chapter. I think I'm going to go to a New Living Translation. I'm going to go to a New Living Translation. He said this. In verse 12, now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Listen to what Paul just said. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. He started it off by saying, now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. Paul is telling you, I don't know it all. I know partial. What I see is from a position of incomplete. I see things imperfectly. That means I don't see them completely like puzzle reflections in a mirror. I see pieces of it. This is Paul saying this. Now, Paul has the the, the transparency to tell you, I don't know it all. I know now partially incomplete. But yet we have so many theologians. We have so many brothers and sisters in Christ. All of the opinions that can provide information to you as if they know it all. And reality is, is they also see things imperfectly. They see things in puzzles, in reflections. They see partial and incomplete. We all do. No one knows it all. No one has it all completely figured out. We are still all pursuing, pressing towards the mark of the higher calling that's in Christ Jesus Christ. We all are. And the reality is, is because we all don't know it all. That means we all have blind spots and 
theology, theology, theology that we are off on that we may not have complete. The issue there is we act like we have it all. We speak like we have it all. We judge others as if we have it all. And this is not for me to take up for William Murphy. First and foremost, I'm not a William Murphy. I've never heard a message by William Murphy in my life. So I can say I know how he sounds as a pastor. I know how he sounds as a, as, as a gospel artist. He's incredible. And my first introduction to him is him doing swag surfing and walk it out. And though I disagree with that, I'm personally convicted by that. I feel uneasy with that, me personally, that I would have loved. I dare not just judge him from one perspective of one thing he done that the that that people want to show and gossip about. That's just not how I rock. And what I've noticed is this. We love to show the negative aspects of people to determine who they are. And that is not wise. What if the only aspect of David you saw was him sleeping with Bathsheba? And you dictated his whole ministry, his whole leadership based on that. What if the only form of leadership you saw from Jesus was serving wine at a wedding? What if I've got, I got to go to these places, man? What if the only form of, me, of ministry you saw from Peter was cutting off the ear of a soldier or denying Christ? And you formed your whole his judged him his whole life over that one moment and that you didn't see these beautiful things that he done after it. What if the only part of Paul life was when he was Saul and he killed Christians that you never got the opportunity to see Paul because you already determined who he was, judged who he was. Based on him being Saul. And he was evil in your eyes from there on. And I can keep going with more Noah, Isaiah. You, you can keep going with the imperfection of others. So I think it's wrong from that perspective. To judge someone that I haven't even listened to a sermon. I haven't even listened to the full sermon to say that who he is and what he isn't. I can't say he's lukewarm. Why? Because I don't know the context of the scripture and the sermon, but he did provide a YouTube video of it and why he did what he did. And it was in connection with his sermon. Again, I don't listen to William Murphy. So I can't say if it was good or not. What I can say is I rejoice in the 150 people who gave their life to Christ that night. That's not being communicated. And that's another thing. 
if we're only seeing the 90 second clip of swag surfing and you don't see the 150 who surrender their life to Christ, you need to ask yourself why. Who is providing the opinion to you? It is, is it the prince of the air? See, that's the issue with social network. We don't understand there's a king. There's a prince that's providing information on it. That's creating confusion on it. He's the prince of the air. What is the air? It's medians. It's television. It's social network. It's radio. Things that communicate to you. And if you're not careful in those situations, the prince of the air will communicate what you you see and what you're not interceding for, what you're not praying for, what you're not asking for spiritual sight to see. See, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So if we're just seeing something on screen, but we're not interceding, we're not unlocking our speaking and revealing the greater that's inside of us, we are getting half information and being sold a lie by the enemy. I'm not here to debate, man. I'm not here to debate, man. I'm not here to talk about who's right and who's wrong. Because again, I truly believe that's based on... uh, The office that you're currently in, whether that's apostle, pastor, prophet, evangelist, teacher. I think the office is a part of it. It's based on your personal convictions. I gave you mine. I think it's based on your biblical interpretation. What do you believe the Bible is saying? And what's your interpretation of that? It's also based on your religious paradigm, your denominational view. If you disagree with uh, his charismatic and new, I would definitely say new age approach because it is a bit of new age based on culture. If you if you disagree with that approach, then your position will be different from someone who I like it and, and, and communicate that. I think there's two sides of the paradigm here. It's, it's preference and interpretation. It's preference and interpretation. And all of those can coincide with the word of God. Because my preference dictates how I view the word. My interpretation will be based on the word itself. And based on that, I will either agree or disagree. I So you'll get certain people that feel a certain way versus other people. And here's the crazy thing. This is where the... Confusion comes in because if I disagree with your perspective, you're no longer saved or you're wrong or you're really not a Christian or a believer for Christ. And if I disagree with that thought process is vice versa. Y'all crazy. Y'all saints are ridiculous. Y'all always blowing things out of proportion. Y'all too, y'all too legalistic. But I believe it can be a blend of both that we need to look at. Again, there could be some purple there. 
So here's some questions I wanted to ask, and I will lean out on these questions. Here's the questions I want to ask. Are we edifying Christ in what we're doing? Is there a reverence in the church for the holiness of God? Are we growing in numbers only or are we growing in disciples? Are we conforming and compromising and calling it wisdom? I want you to answer those questions. See, the truth is time will tell concerning Bishop William Murphy and the people who whose souls were saved. We don't know. We don't know. But what we want to do is intercede for each and every one of those souls that they grow to a deeper knowledge with Jesus Christ. That's my prayer. Based on your interpretation, I will ask you this. Do you think he edified Christ with what he was doing? Some people will say yes. What's the fruit in that? 150 souls were saved. So some people will say yes. Was there a reverence in church for the holiness of God? Are we reverencing God? See, some people would think he went overboard. There's no reverence in the church anymore. You swag surfing in the church. And because of that lack of reverence, you were able to do that. Some people will say that. Are we conforming and compromising and calling it wisdom? Do you think that was a level of compromise and conforming to the world in what he did? Or was it wise? The scripture says a man that wins souls are wise. 150 souls were saved. Was he wise? And you just don't like the method in which which he won the souls. All of those things can have some level of, of validation to it. And you're Oh, it's okay to feel a certain way or not feel a certain way. It's okay to be convicted to the place of saying, it just doesn't sit right with me. It's okay to also say, I like it. And here's the thing. Neither are wrong. What if it's about assignment for you in this season that's dictating your perspective and what God is calling you to do. And what if it's about assignment for someone else that God is calling them to do? Now, I'm not talking about blatant carnality. That's something totally different. But we have these non-essential salvation things that we try to make salvation things And we try to determine one's Christianity based on method and interpretation of the word 
when it could just be conviction and preference. And then you use the word based on your conviction and preference when someone else can use the word for their conviction and preference. And then you're battling each other with scripture. And who's right at that point? How do you determine right or wrong? Or do you let God be God? And you rejoice that the gospel and Jesus Christ was preached. <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to put a pin in it. But 2024, we got to get better. The church, we hurt each other so much. We battle each other with opinions and impartial truth. <laughs> and I just want to let you know that we can do more. We can do better. We can intercede. We can pray for brothers and sisters that we don't understand their methods. Has anyone prayed for Bishop William Murphy and say, God, I pray that the people that in his service was impacted by the gospel and they will have a deeper founder love for you. Did anybody pray? Or we just start gossiping? Put a pin in it. This is Don't Take Wooden Nickels. Happy 2024, family. And guess what? Don't take wooden nickels. Stay don't spin. Peace. Yo, yo, yo. I want to thank you for listening to Don't Take Wooden Nickels. Do us a favor. Rate the podcast. Rate it five stars. Subscribe. Be notified when we drop. And also, don't take wooden nickels. Stay on spin. Peace.